like me, and some of you might be, and some of you are probably glad that you're not, <laughs> um, you ever feel like life is a test? A series of tests. Yeah, one big one or a whole bunch of little ones. It just, just, I have good news for you. It is an open book test. Yeah. It's not only that, but you can phone a friend. You can ask for help. And you cannot fail unless you quit. So, you know we can rejoice in the fact that, well, in, in Romans 5, 17, the last part of the verse, it says, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus. And I got to back up because you really can't start something with a but, right? Because the but the but is is there for a reason. Let's let's back up to uh, Romans uh, five fifteen. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. <laughs> and again, we still started with a but. <laughs> but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is the very different from the result of the one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace in his gift of righteousness." For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. In 1 John 5, verses 4 and 5, it says, For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, guess what? You can win this battle against the world. Romans 8.37. And this is, again, the New Living Translation. Most of you will know this from the King James, but it says, Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. More than conquerors is the King James Version, right? So not just the conqueror, more than conqueror, but overwhelming victory, not just victory. So when you think that you got some challenges, you may, but there's victory coming. We need to we need to remind ourselves of the of the um, the victories that we've already had that God has already wrought in our lives. We can easily forget because there's lots of things that are coming up against us. We are faced with hundreds of things every day, which is an opportunity for the enemy to take us off focus. Yeah. 
We need to remain focused. It's, it's like broadcasting, right? Or, okay, let's use a different, a different example. The, the, that illustration would have worked years ago better with the FM and AM radio and you had to tune in to a specific frequency. Now you just push a button with a number on it and it comes up. So there's not much tuning in the static. Now, nowadays it's cell phone. You know, have you ever done the, can you hear me now? <laughs> as, as you're, as you're and even now it's not even as much as it was with the with the old analog phones before the digital ones you know I, I go back far enough that I even have the old push to talk ones or just the walkie talkies and and, it, and it's it's you had to be on the right frequency and if you were at the verge of being out of range it was all in a question it was almost in the way that you held your tongue or tilted your head you know, any, anybody, anybody that's, that's, that, that's older than cable TV will mem- remember the old antennas that you used to have on the TV, you know, with the rabbit ears and the tin foil, and you had to hold them just right. And, and it's like, don't move, don't move, right? Just, just so you could get the channel. Well, you know, that's, that's the airwaves that we're living in. There's, there's thousands of things in the air all the time. What are you tuned into? Because if you're not conscious of what it is you're tuned into, it's not that you're not receiving. The question is, what are you receiving? So tune into the Holy Channel, tune into the Holy Spirit. See, even though there's stuff going on in this world, the only way things can separate us from the love of God is if we let them. Romans 8.35 says this, Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither fear, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. That means not only things, not only things from without, but things from within. You can't break your relationship with God unless you sever it. Because we can't do anything to make ourselves right. That's a gift that's been given to us. But we have to unplug in order to be separated from God. And even then, all we got to do is just look to him and he's there. See, everything is out there broadcasting to us, competing for our attention, competing for our focus, competing for our consent. Really? Yes. Good, the bad, 
the ugly truth and fiction, life and death, heavenly and earthly. What are we listening to? What are we tuning into? So sometimes we need to change the channel or need to turn our antenna. So of course, again, not preaching anything new here, but take no thought saying, right? What are you saying? <laughs> what are you calling in? It, we have... It, it, in the elevator, in the hallway, in the, in the lineup at the grocery store, you know, if there's not Christmas music playing, there's news going on. There's people talking about what's going on in the world. The world is a mess. It's a global mess. So how do we participate in that conversation? Don't, don't answer. <laughs> don't answer. See, we have an answer. We have an answer. I know the answer. I know the answer. You know, and, and, and the political stripes, albeit what they are, right? They are here, and we have a job to pray. All we're supposed to do is pray for our leaders. Whether we pray them in or pray them out, we need to pray for our leaders, right? We need to, we need to pray because God can change the hearts of kings, which means he can, he can bring divine wisdom even if they're not looking for it, even if they're not expecting it. If he can turn a king into a cow for seven years, <laughs> don't think that it's too much for him. No. <laughs> Matthew 6.31 says, take, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? There's lots of people going through that very issue right now. And and not all not all, um, how do I say this correctly? Not everybody that's been de dealing with bad habits or bad lifestyles or poor choices. There are there are as 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 actually uh, Pastor Brian Bork was sharing with us today on a call. You know, there's something that that in our culture is 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 almost is almost uh, unprecedented. It's the working poor. 200,000 meals a year, the organization that Pastor Brian is working through give, give a year, and 50% of them are to the working poor. People that actually have the choice between paying rent or eating. Two million in our city every month. Two million in our city. It ought not to be, folks. You know, we know that God is able Right? But there's, there's a work that needs to be done. And it's not, it's not everybody's cup of tea to be the, the ones handing out the, the meal trays or the, or, the, or the blankets or whatever. But there is a work to be done, and we certainly have a part to play. So maybe you need to seek, seek the Lord, and I speak to myself in this too. We need to seek the Lord to find out what our part is. What is our role? 
But if the church doesn't get involved in this, who's going to? And is the church going to be put to shame by other organizations? Because other organizations are doing it. Why? Because the church isn't. Now, it's not all churches, not everybody. Again, I'll get off my box. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> Romans 4.17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him who he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. So again, what are we saying? Are we calling what we have or calling what we want? We, we can talk about, about all the errors or mistakes that, 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 that those around us are making, right? Even those in authority over us. Or are we calling those things that be right and true? That's a challenge. I'm not trying to criticize anybody. I'm just saying, like, it, it's, it's an easy habit to fall into where we speak things as they are. Yes. You know, God didn't say, man, it's dark. Let there be light. This is what the scripture, Romans 4, 17 in the New Living. says. this is what the scripture mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing who creates new things out of nothing, as opposed to the King James, which is those things that be not as though they were. New things out of nothing. So the situation is hopeless. The situation is impossible. Not with God. No. Not with God. It's not impossible. In fact, we heard a word today that's, that's going to come forth again shortly here. We'll, we'll, find, we'll find out about it. But God is turning the impossible into the possible. Right. Bad things happen to good people who do nothing. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 18 in the King James Version. First, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 18. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Yeah. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us to the ministry of reconciliation. Now, let's just back up on that little that 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 last last couple of words there. Have given us to the ministry of reconciliation. Who's given to the ministry of reconciliation? Are you breathing? You in this room? You a follower of Jesus? You in my voice in the internet? You a follower of Jesus? Guess what? We're part of this ministry of reconciliation. In the grocery line, in the elevator, in the parking lot, on the telephone, with our family, with our friends. Second Corinthians 5, going back a little bit this time in the New Living, Going back to verse 13, if you will, with me. If it seems we are crazy, it is bring glory to God. <laughs> Bringing the ministry of reconciliation in these times may seem crazy. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Yep. Either way, Christ's love controls us. 
Since we believe Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone. Say that again. He died for everyone. So that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. A new person. At the end of, or halfway through verse 15, it says, no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ. So, Again, the whole world seems like it's gone crazy. This is not a new thing. It's not like this hasn't been foretold. In fact, in Luke 17, 20, 25, it says that as things were in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man returns. So you ain't seen nothing yet. Let it not be a surprise. And as challenging as these things are sometimes, I'm glad I know a loving Savior, a merciful Father, the essence of love. One who loved us so much that he gave his only son to die for us. A Savior that loved me so much that he stepped out of heaven and endured the cross and hell and the scourging and the stripes for us so that we would be healed, so that we could be set free, so that we can be made right. And we are here for such a time as this. It's not an accident. It's not a mistake. We are set apart for a purpose. You have a distinct, unique flavor. You have a distinct unique purpose. You are created an original, so don't try to be a copy. We don't have to be like every Tom, Dick, and Harriet. We are called for a purpose. We don't have to keep up with the Joneses, whoever the Joneses are. And we cannot use what society is considering to be the norm as our benchmark because their norms are always changing. And 
by scriptural standards, are far from norm. Park that one. Just leave that one there. See, again, we need to stay focused on the Word. Whether it's the spoken Word, whether it's the written Word, whether you're listening to an audible Bible, whether you're reading the Bible, better yet, you're listening to you speaking the Bible, you're listening to Spirit-filled, anointed preaching and teaching of the Word. We honestly can't get enough of it. We can never get too much of it. See, it is, it is, it's learning what the truth says about us. Because the world is set out to tell us the lies about us and try to convince us that what we have believed or what we have been taught is incorrect. If it's in the Bible, it's the truth about us. If it's not in the Bible, it's not the truth about us. It's that simple. And if it's not uplifting and edifying, it's not from God. That's not to say that you don't get correction. Does that mean we always have to be nice? Because <laughs> that's what Edison dismissed. You know, sometimes the truth, you know, to be corrected doesn't mean that you're not loved. In fact, exactly the opposite. If you're never corrected, it means that you're not loved enough to be corrected. Proverbs talk about sparing the rod and spoiling the child. Teach the child in the way he should go. The way we learn is by being corrected. So don't confuse being corrected with being spoken wrongly of. Can check it against the word. You know, it's I've got it coming up here, I think. But, you know, common sense has become uncommon. And discernment is more crucial now than I think it has ever been in any other period of time. Because something sounds so legitimate that you're convinced. The scripture even says that, you know, if it were even possible, the elect will be deceived. So we need to, we need to stay sharp. You know, and, and in our own self, in our own strength, right, we can't do it. We've got to, we've got to rely on the compass of, of, of the Holy Spirit, the GPS, the God positioning system, to know that we're in the right place at the right time. To know that, that you know, when, you're, when you're, your, your spidey senses are tingling, when you're, when you're you know, you, you just know in your knower that something's not right. That's why love scores the synagogue. That's why love scores the synagogue. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Had to drive them out. They weren't doing it right. They weren't being truthful. No, it's... it's yeah. <laughs> not against you. No. <laughs> The path, the path of least resistance is probably not the right path. And how can I, how can I say that? 
<laughs> How can I say that? Is, is because, well, in 2 Timothy 3.12, it says, yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Oh, how encouraging is that, Brother John? <laughs> All right, let, let me go on. We'll, we'll go on, let's build the case here. John 16, 33. I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me here on earth. You will have many trials and sorrows. Oh, great, more good news. But take heart because I have overcome the world. So there's, there's right, so start hanging on to the truth. Yeah. Romans 5, verses 3 and on. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. 1 Peter 1, verse 6. So be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Well, there's the hope, right? A little while. Think of the character. Think of the testimony that will come out of the test, right? These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Through your faith is far more, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So every one of those victories was a challenge in the making, right? Was a persecution in the making, was a lesson in the learning, was the pain in the receiving, right? But we have the opportunity to have every situation to learn. And here's, here's a revelation that, that, that I can share with you. If you don't learn the lesson the first time, you will get to do it again. <laughs> and you will keep getting to do it again <laughs> until you learn the lesson. Now, in school these days, things are a little bit different. You graduate whether you know anything or not. That's true. <laughs> right? In the school of life, right, you don't progress, at least not at the same rate, until you've learned the lesson. Now, sometimes you could be at different levels of different things, different parts in our life, different elements. But rest assured, there's lessons to learn but there's victory to be had. So we don't rejoice in the lessons being learned other than the victory that we glean from them and the strength that we gain. Again, you've heard this analogy a hundred times before because of the weightlifters that, 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 you know, the, 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 the gym that Pastor Paul and Pastor Gary go through and many others, right? In order to build strength, you have to have resistance training. Right? In order to develop endurance, you have to be stretched to your limit. Right? A long-distance runner doesn't just start running 42 kilometers. You've got to build up to it, right? Got time for a couple more. 
So we need to, you know, in, in the midst of everything that's going on, we need to pursue godliness and to pursue God, to pursue the truth. 1 Timothy 6, verse 11, it says, But you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with the faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and 21, it says, If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Now, I want to make sure we, we clarify this as we're reading. This is not saying that we make ourselves clean and righteous. This is not what I'm about to say. It's not what the scripture says. We are made clean and righteous by the blood of Jesus and by nothing else. But there, there is a lifestyle that we can display with the goodness and the righteousness of God. And the more we can show forth the glory of God Amen. in our flesh and bones, the more honorable our utensil. <laughs> Your life will be clean. You will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach. Be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts, and they will learn the truth. They will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. In Proverbs 15, 9, it's a short one. It says, the Lord detests the way of the wicked, but he loves those who pursue godliness. God loves us all, but he really likes it when we go after him. In Proverbs, while we're in Proverbs, we go to Proverbs chapter 3, a couple of verses, starting in 21. It says, my child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. There we go, right? Common sense and discernment. It's scripture. It's not just me, <laughs> right? Don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. Hang on to them, for they will refresh your soul. They are like jewels on a necklace. They keep you safe on your way, and your feet will not stumble. You can go to bed without fear. You will lie down and sleep soundly. You need not be afraid of sudden disaster or the destruction that comes upon the wicked, for the Lord is your security. 
He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. And again, we need to remember the victory. So we need to rejoice. We need to praise our Heavenly Father. Philippians 4, 4 says, rejoice, right? Always be full of joy in the Lord. Uh, again, New Living, uh, Philippians 4, 4, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. And, and we're going to go on. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Is that some things? Is that most things? Everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. We're just about wrapped up here. Psalm 22 talks about God inhabiting the praises of his people. Let us exalt his name together in Psalm 34. And the tricky one is to labor to enter into his rest. This to me has always been what seemed like an oxymoron. How can you labor to enter into his rest? For people that are used to having to work to do stuff, right? To, to rest is an effort. That's my... You see, and, and yeah, let's read the verse. Hebrews 4. Again, I won't keep you much longer. Hebrews 4, uh, verse 8. Now, if Joshua had succeeded in giving them rest, God would have not spoken about another day of rest still to come. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter the rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fail. Let's skip ahead now. Let's go into Luke, Luke chapter 10, the story of Martha. Yeah, just the last... The last uh, uh, Chapter 10, we're just going to go to verse 41. And it says, And the Lord said to her, Martha, I think the King James is Martha, Martha. My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these little details. There is only one thing worthy of being concerned about. Mary has discovered it. It will not be taken away from her. See, that doesn't mean that there's not work to be done. It doesn't mean that there's not effort to be applied. 
I've got a ton of scriptures here that, that talk about um, uh, Romans 12, 12, 10, for instance. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Work hard. But the work here and it is not the same as the labor to enter into the rest, right? When we try to avail the stuff that's been done in the Spirit, we're not entering into His rest because we're trying to do a work that's already been done. We can get so hung up in details that we lose sight of the Master. Jesus says that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close actually with the 91st Psalm. Because there's a, there's a ton of truth that's in this one Psalm. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap. It's not most traps. Every trap and protect you from deadly disease. That's all of them. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with long life and give them my salvation. Praise the Lord. That's it. It's all about God. And he's done it all for us. He's done it all for us. We just need to spread the love. Spread the joy. Praise the Lord. Did you get anything out of it? Did I help you? I know it did me good. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Anybody need any prayer? Well, Father, we thank you again for this opportunity that we've had to come together to gather in this place.
and to share around your word. We thank you that again your word has gone forth and that my words will fall silent, but your words will ring on. I thank you for it, that lives are changed in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.